Okay, hello friends, and welcome to episode two of Health and Bitcoin at the STOA. It is currently block 827.334. And today I'm talking to Tristan, who goes by Bitcoin and underscore beef on X, FKA Twitter. And uh, this is the first time we're chatting and I'm really stoked for the conversation. So Tristan, welcome and thank you for generally generously offering your time uh, to connect and chat about health and Bitcoin. Yeah, thanks for having me. My, uh, you know, two favorite topics and what I talk a lot about. And it's cool that you're kind of starting a, you know, a platform for conversations around these. And as mentioned, kind of pre-show, it's this convergence of, of two areas that's really important. And I don't think you could debate that, you know, your health and your wealth uh, are not the two most important things in life. Um, it is the reality that we live in. Agreed. So maybe a good place to start so people can get familiarized with you and what you're all about is, your story, how you came to your current understanding of health, how you came to Bitcoin. So you can tell it in as long or short form as you want. Uh, I'm personally curious. I actually make an effort to not ask people their story before I record with them so that I hear it for the first time. So yeah, how'd you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, it was kind of um, a fun journey for sure. I was always, you know, maybe a little bit more into health than the average person, but it, it really all started when I suffered one too many concussions in in college, my fourth year of school. Uh, this was in 2018. Um, I did discover Bitcoin before this briefly um, in 2015, and then more so in 2017. Um, was kind of you know just in in a tech school engineering. Um, thought it was interesting, but it really wasn't until I lost my health that I began to understand the importance of decentralization, uh, individual sovereignty, and really the issues with our centralized systems that run our you know, society today. And I had one too many concussions and I couldn't you know, recover from it. I had you know, over a year of daily symptoms and pretty much just wasn't able to do any of the things uh, I wanted to do. I went from being a high functioning college athlete and engineering student to having that, you know, all limited and, and taken away from me. And then I went to the, you know, centralized neurologist and tried to get help. And they said, just take it easy and, you know, slowly get back in your life. This might be your new normal. Um, and I was like, are you serious? You know, this, this can't be, you know, I'm 22 years old. I, I have my whole life ahead of me. I'm, you know, about to graduate college um, and do a lot of things that, you know, I, I want to do. And it was it was a wake up call for me, really, uh, which was good and definitely the inflection point of my life, because then I, you know, I'm pretty stubborn and I don't like being told what to do. So I was like, this can't be the new reality for me. This can't be. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to even get 20 percent better, 30 percent better, because that would be the world of a difference. Um, so I can kind of have an enjoyable life again, somewhat. And I spent a summer internship in Oregon and I began spending a lot more time in nature, started to feel better, got some momentum behind it, started meditating. And then I was like, just found this entire space of health optimization, kind of like alternative health, holistic health community, started listening to so many podcasts, read a bunch of books. Some of them were on specific, you know, brain healing. A lot of them were on diet, lifestyle. And I just began implementing things and I got better. And uh, that was, you know, I graduated in 2019 and I was able to exercise regularly. I was, you know, not having headaches every single day. So I felt empowered. I felt like, wow, I went down the self-healing rabbit hole 
you know, how come our, you know, traditional medicine healthcare system is telling people they really can't get better and, you know, giving people these pharmaceutical alternatives when we could just have lifestyle interventions to, to heal ourselves. And that's actually the root cause approach. And that was when I was very surface level. So I pretty much became obsessed with, with health optimization. I continued my research, continued implementing different things, playing around with different things, learning a ton. And then in 2020, uh, with the COVID crash, and again, I was kind of teeter tottering these, these passions of mine, cause I got even more into, Bitcoin and, and crypto still at that time. And then in 2020, went full maxi because I, I realized the macroeconomic importance of it. And, you know, I had learned the hard way with, with some shit coins, as a lot of people have in their Bitcoin journey. And I was like teeter tottering between my passion for Bitcoin, my passion for health optimization and taking control of your health. And I realized one day that I was just passionate about these things for the same exact reason that they put me back in the driver's seat of my own life. They gave me control. I was able to not have to outsource the quality of my life to someone else. And the someone else in most people's cases, you know, very centralized, uh, you know, corporation or, or government entity that is really just robbing your quality of life. And we've traded you know, convenience for quality um, so many times over since we've gone fully fiat. Uh, and it's all a result of, you know, propping up uh, the fiat economy, as I like to say. So I wanted to, you know, connect with more like-minded individuals at this point, you know, kind of still like in a very, I guess, isolated space, lone wolf, like, you know, mentality where, you know, everyone thinks you're crazy and your family, your friends, you know, I'm, you know, blocking blue light, turning on my phone in airplane mode, buying Bitcoin in, in 2020. Nobody's like doing these things in, in my circle. So I wanted to put myself out there and I was trying to figure out a way I had made like an Instagram account, but and, and met some cool people, but it wasn't really, you know, my, I guess, forte of, of content creation. So I was like, I always enjoyed writing. I love researching. There's all these great books on Bitcoin. There's all these great books on the food system and, you know, our health. And at that time, I was really nerding out about, you know, uh, diet, red meat consumption, as well as regenerative agriculture. So I decided to write a book called Bitcoin and Beef that talked about the issues with our food system, our healthcare system, and our financial monetary systems, how that was connected and then how decentralization, how Bitcoin, how getting back to a hyper local approach to things and community can, you know, help improve kind of the wrongdoings, the, the lower quality of life that has been forced upon us from the centralized society we live in. And yeah, put myself out there on, on Twitter slash X now. And it's been going really well the past couple of years. And, you know, after wrapping up the second edition of the book, I've just really almost focused more so on on the health side of things and kind of getting back to my true roots of, of really just nerding out about it and using my electrical engineering background to kind of uncover the the even more decentralized electromagnetic aspects of our biology and just furthering the you know education the empowerment online and knowledge i have that you know the most effective health hacks the best ways to get healthy are free, they're accessible, they're rooted in nature. And, you know, big pharma and healthcare is making $0 off of people getting healthy. And this is why nobody's talking about it. So it's been an 
incredible journey. I've never felt better from a health perspective uh, in my life. And it's so great to, to meet all these like-minded people. And as I mentioned, just trying to get as many you know folks in the health space interested in Bitcoin and as many Bitcoiners more interested in taking control of their health because it's all aligned at the end of the day. Whoa, <laughs> that was... That was amazing. And that's some serious proof of work. And I, you know, I think the ultimate sources of change in my life and from my experience and people that I've talked to is either pain or curiosity. And if you have both, you end up accelerating through almost like a, a time warp to get a lot done in a short period of time. And um, out of curiosity, how, how did your concussions come about? What was the sport? Most of them were soccer. And then the last one, I just kind of lost consciousness and hit my head, not sports related, but yeah, I uh, played gotcha. soccer in college. So definitely a lot of head, head banging defender yes. going up for, you know, 50, 50 balls. Nice. Yeah. Proof of work is what underlying, I mean, I think health is proof of work and understanding Bitcoin is proof of work unequivocally. You can't fake it. You can't take shortcuts. And those who put in the work are rewarded heavenly or heavily. Um, where is your book available? Is it available on Amazon? Like, where do people get this book? I'm, I'm dying to read it now. Yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon, Bitcoin and Beef. It's been out for two years now. I, I wrote it in 2021. So it's kind of funny because it's almost even more relevant now. And since I wrote it, there's been such a movement in terms of the, you know, Bitcoiner carnivores, you know, co combination, the Bitcoiners like buying local beef and paying mm -hmm. the rancher in Bitcoin and Beef Initiative did a great job on that. Austin is like a, a mecca for both, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, you know, ancestral health and, and regenerative ranching. So, yeah, it's been fun. And yeah, it's funny. You know, I tell people I wrote that book and they're like, oh, wow, is that new? I'm like, no, you know, it's a few <laughs> years ago now. And it's, it's just so exciting because it's more and more people that are, are waking up to this and realizing the importance of the topics. But, you know, I wrote it to be pretty introductory. Um, it's not like a, a super deep dive on, on Bitcoin. It's the basics. But I wanted to give people the average, you know, the normies factual firepower for maybe defending what they believe in or, or convincing them why you know the the media narratives are all false and i defend both beef red meat consumption and bitcoin from like uh bad for the earth you know energy consumption perspective and, and kind of the common criticisms beautiful yeah i think writing a book is not easy so congrats on putting that out and i I think they're timeless topics, right? I don't think Bitcoin and beef are going to be going out of fashion or out of relevance anytime soon. So it feels like that's maybe a timeless book that'll be there forever. And I think people, including myself, sometimes underestimate the value of revisiting the basics. Like I love reading like the Internet of Money by Antonopoulos volume one once a year and reading the most introductory Bitcoin books because I think you kind of see it through a different lens because you're a different person. And I think it's always good to really double click on the fundamentals for when you have conversations with people who are, you know, at stage one, and it's easy to forget that it's important to meet people where they are if you're far further along in your journey. So revisiting the basics is never a bad idea, in my opinion. And uh, I also love that you're an engineer. I think some of the most, some of the smartest people who just understand health and Bitcoin, uh, the fastest are the people who have a systematic sort of mind. And I think it's the engineering mind. And I think you know, money is fundamentally an engineering problem to solve. Uh, and I think health largely, uh, if you look at it from like the natural world, is this beautifully magical engineered system 
Jack Cruz, I remember, told me on a podcast that nature is a decentralized health network. And when we unplug from her, we get sick. And when we replug into her, we get well, we, we, we achieve health. And I think, like you said, all the best shit is free. And no one's being taught about these things because no one can really make money off the things we can do individually for free to think for ourselves and optimize our health. And, um, you know, back to the statement you said about lone wolf, I think it's common and actually maybe a good thing to venture out as a lone wolf to build your conviction and just be in your own zone and flow of learning. But it's always very refreshing to meet other wolves um, and to share ideas and perspectives and different ways of explaining things. Because at the end of the day, we have to educate um, the rest of the people out there who aren't yet wolves. Um, thanks for sharing that. That was a really concise, you know, I don't know if you're just, it's fresh in your mind or if you're used to explaining that story, but it was really, uh, really well said. No fat on that. So um, let's talk about frameworks for health. So if someone actually, something even before that, I'd like to ask this question because it's actually incredibly challenging based on how concise you have to get it. How do you define health in one or two sentences? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question too. Um, I think health is um, just being able to walk through life, to wake up in the morning without, you know, thinking twice about your energy levels, thinking twice about, you know, what you're able to accomplish on a daily basis, having a clear mind, um, having emotional, you know, stability, control, uh, just really not being limited in, in any facet. Um, that's, that's what I think about health because I had that taken away from me. And I just like had to say no to things like I couldn't exercise intensely. I, you know, had to sleep 12 hours a night. I had to take some supplements to get rid of headaches and get me to get through the day in terms of energy. Uh, but now I, I wake up every day. I don't use any stimulants. Um, I go outside all the time and I just have like what you would say, boundless energy to accomplish the things I want to do. I, you know, work out, I go like hiking, climb mountains, uh, whatever I want to do is, is within my reach physically. And then I also have the, the mental cognition to be able to work on the projects and businesses, uh, that I want to work on. So to me, health is almost, it's a connected life and it's a limitless life. It's really having no bounds in what you can accomplish physically and mentally. Um, obviously that might, you know, have a different meaning and connotation to people with, with different ages, but, that's that's how I think about it. And hopefully that's concise enough. Yeah, that's great. And it's almost like health is freedom. If you encapsulate yeah. all that into, you know, a few words. And I think uh, the cost of freedom is responsibility. And if you take the responsibility of understanding uh, how your body works and what your body needs in order to function well, um, you get paid dividends for your entire life. And Someone recently said this and it really landed hard. It's like at some point in your life, health will be your biggest focus. That can either begin from catastrophic pain, which comes from not taking care of yourself, or it can come through a curiosity and a desire to never experience that much suffering and just take care of yourself so that, you know, it's like if you don't focus on your health, it eventually has to become your primary focus anyway. So take the less painful route and just take care of yourself. And sadly, we're not really taught much about how to do that. Um, and the world of disease care, which I think is fundamentally different from health, disconnected, unrelated altogether. And yet we label it as healthcare, which I think is part of the problem, right? We, we think that we go see the doctor to get healthy when in reality, doctors and health pros are really 
trained to diagnose and treat symptoms of disease, which nowhere in there has anything to do with health. And uh, yeah, I think the best healthcare is self-care. And in order to take care of yourself, you have to have good, truthful, simple, applicable information. And I think that is coming from people like yourself. That is coming from people putting content out there. It's not coming from the legacy world of disease care. So um, thank you for what you do and for writing your book and for making content because uh, it's important. Every person doing that matters and can make a huge difference in someone's life, which you may never know about, but you can trust that it's probably happening. Um, yeah, it's, it's rooted in education, right? Like decentralized health, decentralization in general is, is about education, right? You know, uh, health is not achieved through supplements, through medications, through quick fixes or pills. It's achieved through lifestyle habits, through proof of work. And you can't shortcut that. You can't cheat nature. And that is why nature is, you know, the most decentralized system and, and the one that we all are built to thrive in. So uh, people just need the education to understand that and to realize how that fits in like a modern context but yeah it's, it's it's a great point yeah and i think part of the education is actually starting with unlearning all the bullshit that's cluttering yeah. people's uh <laughs> mind because i i've worked in health for a while in various kind of contexts and it seems like the biggest obstacle for most people is either time Right? They perceive that they don't have enough time. And if they're saving their money in a form of money that's stealing their time, it's no wonder they don't have time. Um, but the second one is actually they they know what they want to do. They know the output they desire, right? Uh, like losing weight would be an output. Having more energy during the day would be an output. But where they what they don't understand is the clarity of what inputs do they need to change in order to achieve that output. And I think, you know, if you really look at health as this simple equation where our bodies are like this biological equation that is pretty much indistinguishable from magic. We put inputs in, the equation gets run, and the output is how we feel, how we move, all that kind of stuff. And I think for a lot of people, they just don't understand that, you know, being in a state of pain or being limited all the time is an unnatural output, right? Dis-ease is unnatural. And they just have to look at, you know, instead of fixating on the disease or going to see doctors and getting a bunch of fancy names put on the disease, what inputs am I offering my body that are resulting in this unnatural output of disease? And sadly, it's like, it's so simple. And yet people get confused so much because the simple stuff has just been overlooked. This ancestral wisdom has been overlooked. And one question I really like to ask people, um, I'd like to ask you now is if the average person came up to you, and obviously this is a thought experiment because everyone's different. But if the average, if you take into account this avatar of an average person in the United States, they come up to you and say, what are three things that I can stop doing right now that will improve my health? And what are three things that I can start doing to improve my health? What would, um, what would you tell them in terms of like inputs to subtract and inputs to add? And obviously there's lots of them, but in your life, what are the three things you removed that gave you the most benefit and the three things you added that gave you the most benefit. Yeah, well, first, I don't know how much you've, you've read or listened to my work, but that's pretty much exactly what I say. Uh, as an engineer, I always tell people, right, like I look at this as, as a system. And, and if you want to optimize the outputs, you need to optimize the inputs. They need to be aligned with what our biology is designed to take as inputs. 
And that is going to be contextual, but it's going to be rooted in nature. It's going to be rooted in getting in the outdoors. And yeah, when the system, which uh, if it's compromised from an input perspective or getting the wrong input signals, you know, it's not going to have the outputs that, that you want, as you mentioned. And, and that's really where I kind of talk all about. And then I get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, how we're producing energy and mitochondrial function, but keeping it high level, three things that people can subtract from an input perspective, I would say um, easy is, you know, artificial light, uh, artificial food. And uh, what's another one? I mean, just any sort of, you know, stimulant or crutch, I think, uh, at least in a, in a short period of time, because it's giving you this false sense of security. It's giving you kind of a distorted uh, perspective on how exactly your biology, how exactly, you know, your, your health status is because you don't really know what your body is, is capable of without, you know, these external crutches and, and stimulants and supplements. So I would say for, for people really to understand their biology, their health, health and how it's functioning, <clears throat> those are some three things to subtract and really just getting back. And, and what are three things that you can add that are really impactful is, you know, sunlight getting outside as, as much as possible. Uh, connecting with nature physically, you know, feet on the ground, uh, getting full spectrum sunlight uh, in your eyes, you know, no sunscreen, no sunglasses, uh, the more full body exposure you can get is uh, tremendously important. Uh, regular movement and then just doing it outside. And again, doesn't have to be, especially if you're like in a place where you need to heal and get better, it doesn't need to be intense exercise, but some sort of regular movement, just going for walks, and what I always tell people is if you can compound these things, which is really important, um, you get more benefits. So if you go for a walk on a treadmill indoors under you know fluorescent lighting, that's not going to be the same as going for a walk outside in full spectrum sunlight. Uh, and then even if you can couple a grounding with that, for example, you're just stacking beneficial modalities and then, you know, adding... I would say real food is is always uh, a benefit as well. So subtracting kind of the artificial inputs and uh, adding the, you know, natural uh, inputs that we were designed to work with before we got, you know, shoved into this modern lifestyle that that we live in typically. Brilliant. I, it's funny because I didn't actually look into your stuff that much, although I do intend <laughs> to. Um, but it's funny how you came to that you know, that place of just viewing it as a system. Of course you did. You're an engineer. How am I even? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually think the simplicity in that creates a lot more clarity for people, right? It's like, if you subtract the, un and, and I believe that actually initially it's way easier. It's a way easier ask to help someone subtract something unnatural from their life than to ask them to add more stuff. Uh, yes. Or at least I found that as a physical therapist, it's like, I can give you all like 10 mobilizations to improve how your hips rotate. Or I can just say subtract chairs from your day, right? Start with subtracting 30 minutes of chair time and eventually go to no chair, sit on the floor, stand. And sometimes by subtracting and not giving people a prescriptive addition, you actually can do um, a lot more because you would label them a lot of freedom, right? You're not saying how to sit, how to stand, how to work. It's like, just take away the chair. Like trust yourself that you'll be creative enough to figure out ways to put your body in positions that you can't be in one position for six hours if you're not sitting in a chair. It's very difficult. Um, 
And my journey actually started with feet. So even just saying like subtract unnatural shoes that disconnect you from the world and that deform your feet, whether that means go barefoot or buy shoes that respect your feet, it doesn't actually matter. Um, and I think getting back to the simplicity and getting away from the complexity of disease care for people is actually like, uh, they like sigh with relief when they realize actually it's not insanely complex, which is disempowering. It's actually extremely simple and empowering um and it's you know i think the mindset of one percent better every day like learn a bit about how your body works so that you can understand how to define inputs as unnatural or natural which is actually a pretty simple distinction like a 10 year old can understand that and then try and subtract one unnatural thing and and add in one natural thing start with that like every week like take a note this week i subtracted this and added this and then every day and it, once you get momentum i think when people start to get momentum and feel better it's incredibly motivating to continue going. Um, and I couldn't agree more where when you remove the manipulations of how your body feels, you can actually start to have a conversation with your body and, and have some body literacy. Whereas if you have stimulants or drugs or all these things layered on, it manipulates the communication pathway. So you can never actually have like a truthful grounding foundation to actually determine like, when I do this, how do I feel? Because if you're layering in all this stuff that's manipulating, it's kind of like the manipulation of money, right? You manipulate the money and everything else gets out of whack. You manipulate the signals from your body and you can never get a clear path. Um, what about time preference? Is time preference something you think about? And if so, you know, how do you think actually, even just a more general question, how do you think Bitcoin is influencing health? Like Bitcoin is having an imp that old saying is like, you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. In your life or in people who you're around, how are you seeing Bitcoin impact and mold people's perspective or outlook when it comes to health, if that's something you're seeing? Yeah, well, like you said in the beginning, uh, and you just mentioned time preference right there, it shares the same principles, right? If you want to take control of your health, if you want to be, you know, really in the driver's seat of your life, you need to be taking a multi-year, you know, decade uh, mindset to this, really. And that is ultimately low time preference. And Bitcoin installs that in a lot of people. So that's very aligned. Um, the proof of work aspect is extremely aligned. Like nobody can get you healthier. Like nobody can go in your body and get you healthier uh, from a decentralized perspective, from a root cause approach that actually works. Sure, somebody can give you a pill, but that's not really going to make you healthier. It might give you a false sense of health or uh, symptom um, kind of improvement in the short term. But nobody can, you know, do this work for you. And Bitcoin has the same, you know, proof of work principles. It's all rooted in things that are very accessible uh, they just need to be done. They need to have commitment to them. They need to have energy committed to them, right? It's using energy uh, to transform your life and your health for the better. So all of those principles are what I live my life by. And what I'm trying to get on board with everyone else is that we do need to start thinking, you know, in this multi-year time frame. it's not a diet. It's just this is the food I eat um, every day in my local environment, because this is what makes sense. This is real food. This is nourishing. This is the right input signal to my body. This is not, you know, a 90 day diet because I need to lose weight or I want to get, you know, I'm bulking for, you know, whatever reason. And it's just, this is what I'm providing my body. And, and same thing with all the rest of the input signals. 
this is something that is just an entire lifestyle shift. And Bitcoin really enables this as well from a monetary perspective, because right now the biggest headwind we have in health is misinformation. And it's the capture of science and academia. It's the pervasive uh, just influence of big pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies and centralized government authorities. We are really fighting a battle. And COVID woke a lot of people up to thinking about the alternatives, questioning these authorities. You know, why has the, you know, American Heart Association been around for 70 years and only in their, since their inception has heart disease continued to skyrocket uh, besides their advice, you know, on, you know, going low fat and, and avoiding saturated fats and all these other things, right? Like they don't work. And they're not incentivized to get you better. They're incentivized to keep you sick. They're incentivized to keep you in that system because that is how the fiat economy is set up. Yeah, we do spend trillions on healthcare, but that is how our economy is functioning. And the insurance companies are a huge part of that as well. And then that's who's funding all of the scientific research. So, you know, all of the even the big names in the holistic healthcare space or whatever you want to call them, like maybe in the Huberman's and the Lane Norton's of the world, they're all so captured by, you know, randomized controlled trials and, and scientific research. But are any of these trials, you know, completely unbiased, you know, not funded by sources that are, you know, have a specific outcome they want to achieve? And then are they controlling for all of the factors in the environment? Are they controlling for locality? Are they controlling for like mitochondrial genetics? Are they controlling for blue light? Are they controlling for EMFs? Are they controlling for grounding? Of course not. So <laughs> they don't really understand the holistic picture. And that's why you could probably throw out like 90%, 95% of research. And then I would even no say one, 99. Yeah, literally. yeah, probably. You could at least take you can take some information from a lot of this research, yeah. but it's not a definitive, you know, this is what we should do or we should not consume X because of this study. Like that's all nonsense. And then we have topics like all those things I just mentioned, grounding, sunlight, EMFs, blue light. Well, even though there is a thousand studies on EMFs that just get swept under the rug. Um, nobody's going to fund this. Like nobody's funding studies on 5G effect on our health because why? They know the outcome is only going to be negative to, to them. They have nothing to gain from it. And funding research costs money. It costs a lot of money. Water. Um, nobody's researching water, even though it's uh, 60 to 75 percent of our biology and probably the most important aspect or at least top three in our body, in our health. Um, because there's no money to be made off of it. So how does Bitcoin fix this, right? How Bitcoin fixes this, fixes everything. Um, you could debate that, but it certainly can help um, because if we have the money, we can fund research to prove these things and then we can fund solutions, right? The thing that Bitcoiners understand really well and that I'm trying to translate to the health space and I've seen a proliferation in brands and things working on this is we need an opt-out. We need an alternative solution because if, if Bitcoin didn't exist, we'd all still be on the fiat standard. We'd all still be, um, you know, part of this system and we'd all be entrenched in it. But Bitcoin does exist. We're able yeah. to opt out and we're able to have this decentralized alternative that empowers us. Now we need the same thing in every capacity. So for health, 
You know, we need brands that make clothing that's of natural fibers. Uh, we need, you know, toothpaste that's not toxic. We need water that's not toxic. We need food that's not toxic. We need technology that is not, you know, destroying our health via artificial light and, and high electromagnetic radiation. And these are all challenging things. They all require money. They all require funding. We need more freedom tech, uh, you know, that's not stealing our privacy and, and data farming us. This is all important and this is all possible more so on a Bitcoin, you know, standard or at least funded by folks who value this. And that's why I think Bitcoin is so important. And I think this is where we're going in the future in the next five to 10 years is that Bitcoiners are going to be the ones that fund all of these important alternatives. And especially in regards to health, that is yeah. going to be imperative. And it's actually something I'm directly working on. Uh, especially on the technology front, but it's uh, really something that we need because if you don't have alternatives, people are just going to do the same stuff and they're not going to realize that there is an opt-out. I couldn't agree more with everything you said. And I think without changing the money, any improvements are iterative at best and none of them can actually thrive in a fiat environment. None of them can actually be al truly aligned with health until we change the money. And now that we have better money, now we can start to build an alternative system. And I think when you look, when you think about systems, it's like fiat is a system designed to steal our money and our energy, life force energy, monetary energy. And Bitcoin is a system designed to protect our energy and our money. And you know, when you really go down to like the fundamentals, it's like most people are unknowingly living in a system that is constantly stealing their money and energy. And there is a new system available to absolutely everyone. And it's only a matter of time until people realize what has happened and that there's an alternative that can actually protect their time and energy. So it really is. Sometimes it's easy to get a little bit hopeless with all the nonsense of the world. But when I fall back to there's a better system, it's open to everyone. Anyone can participate and people will eventually find out about it. It's a pretty big motivating force to just keep, keep educating because that is the adoption limiter is just people understanding it exists, why it's important and how they can start to take more responsibility for their health. Um, and again, I'm just grateful for anyone in this space, you know, orange pilling the health people, green pilling the orange, the, the Bitcoiners. And pilling, is that what we're calling it? Uh, I've started to use that term. I think, uh, you know, it really is. And even as you were saying that, you know, the fiat um, corruption of, of quote unquote, you know, of science, which science is the pursuit of truth, which I, I love science and I will, I yeah. will defend that term to the death because it is incredibly important. And actually people's lack of understanding of science is what has allowed the manipulation of science and people to be manipulated by the science or the facts. Um, and I think, you know, it really is a, is like the matrix, like the matrix was a documentary and we are living in it. And when you really see the crazy system, the mirage for what it is, you realize how crazy it is. And, and sometimes I step back, I'm like, how do people not see this? Um, but people are starting to see it more and more and, um, and they're becoming more open to it because of pain, right? The fiat disease care system results in exponentially more pain over time, more pain equals bigger readiness to change. So people are, you know, experience more monetary pain and more health pain in this fiat world. And to me, it's beautiful because 
the pain created there is the immune system that actually triggers a reaction for people to be curious and open-minded. And despite it being really hard to understand a totally new framework of money, that becomes less painful than having your life and freedom robbed from you blindly at a certain point. So that inflection point is different for everyone. But, um, and we're still really early, but it's exciting to know that it's like, you can't make the omelet back into eggs. Like you cannot take away this motion that's happening and constantly gaining momentum. And uh, yeah, it really is a beautiful thing. Um, what's your, my favorite framework for health, or at least the current one that I use most frequently is the six pillars of health. So trying to break down, okay, the word health, there's a lot built into it, right? You know, whether it's like the mental side, food, movement, all the different elements that are baked into this one word health, which we throw around so easily. And yet is such a, such a complex term. Is there a specific framework that you use or um, think of when it comes to really like breaking down health into fundamental elements that you can then help people understand more deeply, like individually, not to isolate it from the others and not to ignore the bi-directional relationship between all of them. But I, I've found that breaking health down into broad high-level pillars has been helpful for me when I talk to people about health, because it gives them at least a container that they can focus on um, and optimize and, you know, constantly reassess like, okay, which pillar is the one that's the weakest link or the causing me the most problems and then shift over to that. So is there any particular framework that you use or like? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pillars is, is quite a popular way to think about it. It's, it's tough because a lot of people, they, you know, there, there's a couple pillars there that, um, are kind of like the mainstays, right? Like people think just it's all about diet and exercise, which is it's not it's not really even close to the full picture. So I like Great. to start now um, with kind of just telling people this: it's the more connected you you can become to your local environment, um, and the more you know toxic exposures that you can mitigate, the better your health will be. And that's mm -hmm. really the name of the game because. When it comes to your local environment, and I like to say that, yeah, nature is the real world. Like this is what our biology was programmed to take as an input signal. These modern houses, these modern conveniences, everything, technology, this is all like a new phenomena in the last, you know, 100 years, 150 years. Um, whereas evolution, human evolution is hundreds of thousands of years and and biology in general on, on this planet is millions of years old. So you can think about that from, you know, the, the pillars perspective, but maybe think about it with that in mind and then everything will kind of fall into place. And, and that's where really a holistic picture of health exists. But yeah, on optimizing your diet is, is really important. So how do I tell people to eat? You should eat nutrient dense fo foods that are hyper local to your environment. And they're also hyper local will mean there will be seasonal in context, which is something that's not talked about really at all in the diet space. So for example, I, you know, I live in Wyoming right now. It's, it's, there's snow on the ground and there's not a lot of produce growing. So I eat more, you know, carnivorous diet in the winter time, but in the summer I eat local produce, um, I eat some honey and that's kind of, uh, the nuance that I think with diet, but the mainstay is definitely nutrient dense foods um, that's available to me in my local environment, which is typically animal-based foods like red meat, um, pasture-raised meat, eggs. Um, however, if I lived at the equator, 
and I had abundant sunshine, abundant fruit um, and produce available all the time, you know, you could probably get away with eating less meat and more produce. Um, it all really is, is context dependent. And then it depends as well on, on kind of your background. Like, am I designed to thrive at the equator compared to someone else um, who has, you know, darker skin tone, different mitochondrial genetics? Probably I can thrive at the equator, but maybe not as well as them. But then I bring them up here to Wyoming. Um, they're probably not going to do very well in the winter time and, and leaning yeah. into that. So again, what else does that mean? You know, we just talked about diet. Um, your local environment from a seasonality perspective also includes temperature. So embracing temperature changes. And this is something I preach about quite a bit um, in the wintertime, getting cold. Um, this is really going to upregulate your body's ability to produce heat and be able to not only survive in the winter, but thrive with less light energy coming from the sun, uh, longer, you know, darkness periods. So you're going to have more, you know, melatonin, no vitamin D production in the, in the midst of winter. And this is really important to embrace. And that's why a lot of people get seasonal affective disorder at, at high latitudes because they don't really embrace, you know, winter. And then they're eating, you know, a high carbohydrate diet. They're, you know, inside all day. You still have to really be deliberate or you have to be way more deliberate, I should say, in winter time to really lean into that. I enjoy the seasonal cyclicality component of it, but it all comes back again, embracing your local environment and the changes that come with it. And then that gets into the whole light story, which you can argue and folks like Dr. Jack Cruz. So it sounds like you've talked to him. That is their main thesis, that light is the main input signal to our biology. And it's definitely true from my perspective as well, diving into all the science behind that, because it really is the most upstream input signal. And we need this energy from sunlight. Everything needs energy from sunlight. Bitcoin miners need energy from sunlight. You know, this is really the, the, the source of life on our planet. And it's the source of a lot of the biological processes that's going on in our body. So when we have a good, strong connection to the local environment that we're in, that means we're getting sunlight input signals in the morning, we're getting the midday, we're spending time outdoors, we're blocking blue light after sunrise and, or sorry, after sunset and before sunrise, we're living life in alignment with light cycles. And EMFs are also another form of light. So I also put that in a bucket of the toxins. How can you avoid modern toxins? And modern toxins are everything from artificial blue light to EMFs to glyphosate, um, pesticides, herbicides, plastics. There's a whole list. PFAs, you know, Teflon, all these things. There's so many. Um, avoiding them as best you can will definitely help. You can't really be perfect. You can't be perfect in, in health in, in any regard. Um, but that's all, all these things are going to set you up for probably what is the most important aspect of our health. Um, and that's sleep, right? So if you align all the input signals and you live a very connected, hyper local, um, lifestyle, you're going to have good sleep quality. Uh, and if you set yourself up for success in sleep, you know, having a sleep sanctuary that has, you know, no interruptions, no disruptions, uh, you're removing those artificial input signals so you can get a restorative and restful sleep. Now, why is this so important? Because this is when we're actually repairing cellular damage from the day that we just experienced. This is when we're going through cell cleanup. 
we're going through these processes and today modern world lifestyles we don't we don't ever have a break from you know toxic exposure there's always lights on there's always something we're eating super late toxic foods we're always on our phones we're not sleeping well so we're not repairing we're not restoring and then we have higher toxic exposure than you know before any time before in, in human history so we're just fighting this losing battle every day and then we're not repairing as well as we used to at nighttime due to our disrupted circadian rhythms and this to me is is key so you could argue on on the pillars front that you know sleep is the most important pillar or, or light but really it's a diet it's all connected. And if you just yep. think about it from the local environment perspective, then it makes a lot of sense. And you can add other things, you know, like like breath work and and these kind of secondary mindfulness. These are all important as well. Um, and then really a sense of purpose, a sense of, you know, loving relationships, like embracing your community. This is all a separate bucket or a separate pillar that still is separate. But it goes into embracing your local environment. Who are the people in your local community? Are they family? Are they loved ones? Either way, you should be trying to uplift them. You should be trying to empower them. And that'll give you a sense of purpose. I mean, it doesn't even have to be immediate, right? Because now we have such an online presence. So doing things like this conversation we're having right now, it's, it's very empowering. It's great to connect with like-minded people. That will uplift your purpose and that will make you feel better and also improve your health from uh, you know a holistic perspective. So that's kind of how I think about it. Really, it is simple, like you said. You know, you don't have to explain this in depth to a ten-year-old um, as much as you do to like a thirty-five-year-old adult. The the answers are simple, but they're rooted in complex science, which is fun, and I love digging deep into it and learning about it. But really, it's simple. However, it's challenging in a modern lifestyle and a modern context. And people do have to unlearn, they have to deprogram and they have to dissolve their ego and what people think about them else. There's always going to be compromises. However, it's not for me to tell you what you should do. That is perfect. That is always just your responsibility at the individual level. We're just here to educate you on what's worked for us, what we think is really important. And then you can take that and apply that to your own life. But we just want to make sure you're getting the right information that's not been, you know, watered down or, uh, you know, hijacked by the, the centralized companies and systems that have a vested interest in your health not being as optimal as it could be. I agree. And I think, like you said, the goal is never to tell people what to do. It's always to give them truthful information that enables wise choices. The choice ultimately still has to be the responsibility of the individual. Unfortunately, everyone's kind of you know, fighting this health battle with two hands behind their back and a blindfold on half the time mm -hmm. and, you know, giving them the right information and, you know, empowering them to think for themselves and do their own research. It's kind of like take off the blindfold, take off the handcuffs, and it gives people a chance at least to reclaim that sovereignty with their health. And I think, like you said, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's almost like, you know, if there's a stream with a strong current, telling someone to swim upstream is pretty simple. It's not easy. <laughs> and sure, if you live in a modern world dominated by technology and unnatural inputs, that current can be really strong. And I think sometimes it's a matter of, okay, I'm going to have to put more energy to swim upstream to be healthy, but also how can I re-engineer my environment so that the current is not as strong? Or better yet, how do I build an environment so that I can just 
chill and float downstream and have health be the result. And yeah, I think with the pillars, like I think of, I use six pillars as my framework. So it is um, food, movement, sleep, the mind, community, and money. And while, and two thoughts there, while there's no pillar that's most important for everyone at each individual point in their lives, they will probably have one pillar that needs more love than the others. So it's almost like the most important pillar depends on the person you're talking to and the point in their life that they're at. And one behavior change could shift the importance. And what I do tell people though, is in my opinion, money is actually the keystone pillar, not from the standpoint of it being, you know, money doesn't buy you health, but so long as you use a form of money that's stealing your energy, you're always going to be at a disadvantage because you're not going to have as much energy or time to spend on the other pillars, right? Because like health requires energy, it requires time. If you're using money that steals your time, health often gets the backbench seat in the bus because other things are more important like work and um, paying your mortgage and getting food. And, but I think that even within those pillars, you know, they've just been overly complexified, right? Like nutrition has overly complexified the immensely simple topic of food to the point where we don't even talk about food anymore. We just talk about nutrients on a label and it's so disconnected from the truth Um, and it's so deeply programmed. And like you said, it's easier to talk about health with a 10 year old than it is with a 40 year old because the 40 year old has just layers of manipulated information and artificial complexity layered on by quote unquote experts with degrees that it's like, all right, we got to unlearn all that shit first. And then I could just give you the simple basics and you can feel good and empowered. Um, and I think that's, everyone comes to that realization at different points, but I think good, simple education can just accelerate that transition so fast. And, uh, and health is like just a decision. The minute people decide to spend more energy on their health, like when people ask me what they can do to get healthy, the first thing I ask is how much time do you want to devote each day on your health? Let's just use that as like a little sandbox that we can play within. And then we can decide what we should put in there or what we should spend that time on. Um, but like, what, what is the, what work do you do now? Like what projects are you working on? I'd love to know, like, how does this, you know, apart from writing a book, which is a freaking giant accomplishment, by the way, um, how does your knowledge of health and Bitcoin materialize and how you offer an external contribution to the world, which in the, in those pillars, uh, I frame work as in the community bucket. It's like work is the thing we do to give value and, and contribute to the external world, which can either, which can bring in more energy or just offer us like a, an intangible energy exchange. Um, but what is, what work are you doing these days? Where can people find what you're up to? Um, you have such a elegant way of explaining these things. I'd love to know how that materializes in a contribution of sorts, apart from conversations like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I have my own podcast, so I I do talk a lot and that helps with the speaking skills, but yeah, that's called decentralized radio. That's, um, one thing that I do that we're putting a lot of effort my co-host Ryan. Um, and it's similar. We talk a lot. We pretty much just talk about decentralized topics. It's probably like 60, 70% health related, 20% Bitcoin and and 10% other. And we're really focused on, on growing that have a lot of, you know, good conversations lined up and, and we've talked to a lot of experts and it's really fun again to kind of just get more health centric folks educated on on bitcoin and then dive deep down the health rabbit holes and and you just brought up a couple of good points there that i want to touch upon too because it is really important right like what what does decentralized health mean 
And one of the big components of that is that it's not, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Like it's very contextual. Everything you just said is like, it's going to be different, right? Uh, depending on who you're talking to. And that, that is to me the most important thing that people don't want to mention. Why? Because it's an inconvenient truth. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't fit the, the cookie cutter approach. And even for all, you know, health coaches are out there on the internet and they're just selling guides and stuff like that. It's like, that doesn't work because you need to understand someone's context, you know, their age, their location, their health status, you know, what they're dealing with. It's all going to depend. And that's why, you know, diets like there is no one diet that is like ideal for everyone. I don't even eat right. the same thing all year round. And if someone's halfway across the world, you know, they have access to different foods. Like, but it is simple, right? It is just like, hey, eat real food that's local. But that doesn't sell well in a you know, New York Times you know, bookshelf. It, it's really uh, inconvenient for people to, to kind of think about things. But that's what that is what decentralization is. It is totally at the individual contributor level and understanding the principles, the first principles, and then applying that to your situation. But yeah, people, you know, do you want to take control of your health? It's like how much time do you want to invest is one way to look at it. I think it's like, are you ready to just, you know, overhaul your lifestyle? Like, are you ready to just like change who you are? Because this is what it, it's about. It's like you're changing who you are. And it's yeah. the same thing with Bitcoin. You're changing. Like once you go down this rabbit hole, once you look through the world from a decentralized lens, your life will never be the same because you will look at everything with a different uh, you know, value, a different perspective. You will have different incentives that you the live matrix, your life by. Yeah. <laughs> you, everyone will look like an NPC to you and it'll be yeah. insane because you real. and I live in such an echo chamber just from who I talk to. And then I go back to like a city and I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I really <laughs> feel bad for these people, but that's how it goes. And, you know, we're just, we're in this transitional period. And, you know, what I'm working on is, you know, just putting out education. So I have the, the podcast, uh, definitely big focus on on social media, on on Twitter, growing that. I have some educational courses on on EMF, uh, EMFs because uh, of my electrical engineering background. And I've launched uh, what I call my decentralized health business. So I'm trying to take, you know, do one on one consulting and then I also have the courses and I'm trying to take a percentage of sales from the courses and donate them to to researchers that don't get funded by you know centralized systems and i'm trying to work out how i can like hold that in bitcoin and have that appreciate over time so in you know two to three years you actually have a a good chunk of change so if anyone's interested now you can go to decentralizedhealth.io and then yeah i'm also kind of in a transition period and, and starting some entrepreneurial ventures so me and my buddy here in wyoming we've started a, an apparel brand uh, using 100 percent uh, local wool to make sweaters and and beanies which is cool that's kind of just starting out. And then I'm, I'm between jobs. So I left the centralized engineering world in, in September. And uh, I'm looking for, or I'm not looking, but I, I'm working on a few different projects. And, and actually one of them I, I sort of teased earlier is uh, a company that just started working with and they're creating uh, healthier technology. So they're creating a computer that has no artificial blue light and they're mm. working to have you know, lower EMFs and then further on the roadmap have more sovereign features. So it's kind of like a freedom tech and a, and a healthier tech play. And yeah, I'm helping them with marketing. They're called the daylight computer. So definitely check those out. 
And yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. I'm doing a lot of different things because I'm trying to see where I can have, you know, the most impact and a lot of things are, are growing. So it is this transition period, very entrepreneurial period, but it's exciting because there is, you know, so much going on right now. A lot of people starting, you know, good businesses and, and good alternatives for us. And, and we need to embrace them, trying to grow the circular economy, trying to grow the Bitcoin um, you know, presence in Wyoming here. I run the Bitcoin meetups. Uh, we have one this Saturday and yeah, just trying to really accelerate that and, and also educate people as well simultaneously about taking back control of their health. Amazing. That's a lot of exciting stuff. What's the clothing brand called? How do people find that? Oh yeah, that's called Wyoming based. Uh, so it's at wyomingbased.com and yeah, we got some, some beanies and sweaters for sale now all made in wyoming which is cool dope man bitcoiners are fucking badasses like you hear about the amount of exciting things they're doing and then you contrast that with like you know the fiat life and you're like god damn that is not you can't even they're different stratospheres of like what <laughs> people are doing with their energy and the amount of upgrades they're offering the world and the amount of upgrades they're offering themselves with meaningful exciting work it's just like uh i'm i'm more bullish on bitcoiners than i am than i am on bitcoin half the time because it's just it's so incredible what bitcoin has done to unlock uh, a level of creative juices when people are no longer having their time stolen and actually have hope right like when you discover bitcoin you're like well i care more way more about what i'm doing in a year 10 years and 20 years because i actually have a reason to be really excited about it um and it's it's just so cool thanks for sharing all that so yeah it's it's that multi-generational time preference right like yes. almost and 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 it's we need this because we bitcoin is cool but if we don't build around it, it's nothing. If we don't build the infrastructure to support it, the society that's kind of this alternative, then you know it is nothing. If we didn't build all the on ramps and and kind of you know the hardware wallets, like you you have this technology, and we just need to keep building around it. And I would just say, just to add on to that, it's like it's contagious, right? And that's why I love it. Is this you just get fired up talking to people, and you're like, I want to make an impact. I want to have a positive. Uh, you know, impact on driving this forward in, in my specific area of expertise. And we get, uh, you know, thousands of people together and that's culminated in what's going on now. And wow, you know, five, 10 years from now, it's going to be so exciting. I, I'm, I'm so excited. A lot of people can get very doomerish and very negative on the future. But if you just talk to the people building in the space in both, you know, the alternative health and the Bitcoin space, you're just, how could you not be excited for for us and and i always like to quote like marty uh marty Benz saying that that we will win it might take some time but we will win and it's gonna be great agreed and even jeff booth you know he says put your energy into whatever system you want to see succeed and the more we entertain or give energy to the doom and gloom even just looking at it or talking about it is giving it energy we can literally starve that system of energy by just removing all of our energetic capacity and shifting it into the new system you know, see, reading exciting things, talking to people who are excited about it, building it. And uh, it really is, it's like the more you spend time, the more I spend time in that system, the more I care about shrinking my footprint in the old system to just stop leaking energy. Cause that is just a, it is an energetic monster if you really get sucked into it. Um, with your podcast, is there any particular conversation that you're super proud of or that you really enjoyed or loved? Um, anything come to mind? 
which topic from the health side, the Bitcoin side? Let's um, say health side. Yeah, there's been a couple. The well, we did a really epic podcast with with Jack Cruz talking about uh, nice. mostly EMFs, which is very technical, but it was very enjoyable because, um, yeah, we we kind of dove deep and he he liked us because we're Bitcoiners and um, you know we we knew a bit about the you know EMFs already coming from an electrical engineering background. Besides that, just some specific like researchers that we talked to that really just opens your mind on kind of just the truth and and really diving deep into what's coming next i mean this one researcher dr michael crawford he's like 94 years old and he's still doing he's the world's expert on dha the omega-3 fatty acid so he's been researching the effects on like brain development and the importance of eating seafood and now he's getting into like the quantum physics component of dha because it's able to conduct electricity in our body and this is tremendously important. 94 oh yeah God. 94 and i didn't even know that <laughs> until yesterday i was on a podcast with someone who had also podcasted with him and she told me that he was that old because we did a zoom call and it took you know like 20 minutes to get set up and i was so appreciative and he was just so knowledgeable such a sweet man and his knowledge, his motivation, his passion. Like that's, again, you just said exactly what, um, you know, he lived his life by. If you want to put energy into something, like that's how you really move things forward. And he's been putting energy into his research work and he's still doing it into his 90s because that's what he's passionate about. And that's what life is about, you know, getting to the nine to five, you work 40 years and you retire at 60. Like this is all like, it's such a scam. Whereas you can spend your whole life working on things that you're actually passionate about and are going to drive change and uh, inspire others. You know, for me, just talking to him, it just inspired me to, you know, spread the message and then, you know, continue on like that. I want to be doing that when I'm at that age, right? And be that sharp as well. Yeah, very inspiring. Anytime I talk to someone over 90, that just like captivates my attention. I just am, it makes me super stoked that like I, I want to know all your cheat codes so I can be like you, because that seems like a good way of being to be excited and stoked and healthy in our nineties is like, and it is a scam that people tell us, you know, you do this, you retire, your body breaks down the older you get and you're fucked by the time you're 85. It's like, that's a lie. That's a fiat scam that just kind of fits that narrative. And I think I'm excited to see what human health potential actually can look like. Like I just had a daughter. I'm excited to see the world that she grows up in and how different fundamentally it can be. Um, because, you know, when I worked in hospitals as a physio, I, one thing I realized pretty early was, oh my God, the human body is incredibly resilient. Like we are hard to kill, which I think we take as a permission slip to just mess up our bodies royally because we don't actually pay immediate consequences. Like I remember distinctly the way you, chart how much a person smokes is in pack years which means one pack per day for one year and i remember seeing like a 60 year old and she was a 50 pack year smoker and i was like you're only 60 you're 50 pack years this doesn't make sense she smoked two packs a day for 30 years so she was a 60 pack year smoker and i was like how are you even still alive functioning talking and so i think that biological gift that we're given makes us underappreciate how good we can actually feel. And it's not until you feel good that you realize how important it is to feel good. And I'm just excited to see in a Bitcoin world how good people can feel 
how like the the impact bitcoin will have on the quality and the quantity of quality life years that people can live is just like we haven't had an opportunity to discover that potential yet so very excited and then you hear about dudes like the 94 year old and you're like oh that guy tapped into something that we don't know about yet <laughs> yeah no it's true but i will say you know there's some things that like we just we can't get away with things like that anymore um because yeah. of the modern like you know our our lifestyle is now compared to when those guys you know if they're 70 90 when they when they grew up it's like a different world that's why looking at the blue zones and these things is like the dumbest thing in the entire world because that's not even how can you be so backwards looking like you know we didn't grow up in okinawa like that's not a real thing no one can do that um right. and 1900 early 1900s we have none of the things that we have today. So it's a completely different environment that we're living in. So we need to think about that, but then we need to be very deliberate about it. And then we can, like you said, improve the quality of life tremendously, but it's going to be, it's going to be a stark difference between those who opt out and take control and those who don't. And we're already seeing this, you know, with the chronic disease proliferating. I mean, all the repercussions from COVID and just, you know, obesity, it's just earlier and earlier, younger and younger mental health crises. And then there's going to be folks like the sovereign individuals who perfectly healthy, have four to eight children. And eventually, you know, we're going to be the ones, we're going to be the only ones really probably like repopulating and, and having a healthy lifestyle. Um, and then it'll kind of be a natural balancing mechanism, but it's kind of going to be this strange transition period, I think for about 20 to 40 years and it's uh it's gonna be what it is but it'll be exciting to be on the right side of it and that's all we can do agreed it's gonna be wild it's gonna be exciting and thank god it's you know what a treat to live at a time like now like it is you know you get really big ends of the of the spectrum right it's like the kind of you could view it easily as the nastiest time to be alive mm -hmm. although it's pretty hard to take that perspective really when you understand how people lived 100 years ago it's like it's it is better uh, now than it ever human has. History. Yeah. yeah human history is pretty rough you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly but it is pretty warped the amount of psychological manipulation and and uh lies that are like literally just adopted as norms and then you know so it's crazy, but the reward we get for being at the spearhead of a fundamental inflection shift in civilization and humanity and an unlocking of flourishing is like, what a time to be alive. I don't know. Sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, God damn, this is, this is a special time. And I would be crazy not to, you know, want to put my energy into propagating this way better, brighter future. Um, and especially now at a time where there's like, it seems to be a palpable readiness for people to be open-minded to expand their Overton window of what they're willing to look at and willing to do in order to like get a better understanding. And I think it's just this exponential pain that's going to be inflicted health and money is just nudging us there. So I think that's probably a good place to end off unless you got anything else that you want to touch on. Yeah. I was just going to you know, add on to your point, right? Like it's, it is so exciting. I mean, for me, I've never been more excited and it's almost because it's like, we know that we're going to win. We know that we're, we're, it's never been easier to be in like the top 1% of people. Like the bar has never been lower. Like it's really sad, but it's good. 
for those who are willing to put in the proof of work, take advantage and, you know, change their entire time preference and, and perspective on the world. So you have an opportunity. I mean, you have an opportunity right now to take control of your health, to take control of your wealth. I mean, we have a massive opportunity with Bitcoin right now, like in the next you know, year to just be stack. I mean, obviously you should have been stacking regardless, but the the risk reward ratio right now is has never been better, probably. And you might get left behind, but you're always gonna be um having the opportunity to really take control of your life. And the sooner you do that and the sooner you kind of like fully commit, I think, the the more, you know, dividends in, in return, the better ROI you're going to get from that. So if that's, uh, you know, you're on the edge, you're on the fringe, you're, you're dipping your toes in, I'd say, you know, go for it, right? You have this massive opportunity in front of you and it's, it's worth taking. Yeah. And I think there's significantly more upside in front of us than behind us in Bitcoin and health has never been more accessible and more available than now. And it's available to anyone. If you want to improve your health, literally you can starting the next minute. If you just make a commitment and decision to take better care of yourself and learn the fundamentals and the simplest things that you can do to shift in shift how you live so that you're not swimming upstream so that you're and and, and I think it's really important too, just to emphasize like the process of health should be fun. It should be enjoyable. It doesn't need to be drudgery or work and connect with other people who are doing this as well. Because I think when you harmonize your energy with people who are on the same path it can you know the whole is greater than the, the sum of the individuals i think in my experience i've felt that so tristan thank you for all the work you're doing thank you for sharing your story and your your nuggets and your wisdom and uh, i'll get a lot of the coordinates that of the projects that you mentioned so i can put it in the show notes for today to people listening thank you for being here thank you for spreading bitcoin thank you for taking care of yourself and uh, we'll catch you next time ciao Thanks for having me. No worries. Stick on for just two minutes. I got a couple of things I want to talk to you.